Would somebody start the bidding at $750, please? Uh, how do we know it's not a fake? It looks like a fake. Well, one thing we know, you're no fake. You're a genuine idiot. Thank you. the league podcast the director's series hitchcock's north by northwest i'm matt derson and i'm roger thornhill it's always been roger thornhill i mean john hunt hitch and ferno here oh very good thanks to you guys for coming on we have we're doing something a little different it's still a movie we're still just talking about movies but this is a this is a movie that most people consider it's a, a film. classic. It's a film, in fact. Yes. It's like when you go to a restaurant and they're like, we do things a little bit differently around here. That's what <laughs> That's we're doing right. tonight. We just right. do things. Have you have you podcasted with us before? We do things just a little bit different here. That's right. This is a movie that most people consider a classic. It's one of the classics of all time, one of the greatest of all time. Hitchcock is, of course, one of our most famous and most well-respected directors. And, you know, so we're not doing, like, some weird nerdy movie. <laughs> we're yeah, doing a I real think, film. I think, we've done, I think we've done a couple real movies here and there. You're right. No, we have. We have. I mean, when you consider some of the, you know, Goldfinger or, or something like that, or and we've done. I mean. Well, that's James Bond. But also, I mean, I didn't realize it and will get there, of course, but this is. Almost James Bond movie in a way. Yeah, sort of <laughs> it's, the it's very James, James Bond. Yeah, I mean this was a uh, this is 1959, and um, Sir Alfred Hitchcock was filming Vertigo, and he was thinking about his next movie and what he was going to do next, and he was like, he was thinking about James Stewart to be the role which would eventually become Roger Thornhill, but he ended up with Cary Grant. Well, so. Cary Grant and him had done. A couple, uh, a few other, uh, three, three other movies together, mm-hmm. and he kept trying to get Cary Grant to come back and for like Rope, which Jimmy Stewart ended up being in, and uh, they apparently Cary Grant and Alfred Hitchcock had a long-standing friendship up until uh, Hitchcock's death in 1980. Yeah, so there was he kind died? of. A... <laughs> Can you believe it? And he's hiding with Elvis, right? There was kind of a thing, though, right, where he didn't want to tell Jimmy Stewart that he was not in it. Oh, I, feel I didn't like. hear or There was some kind of like, well, because like, Jimmy Stewart was really anxious to play it. And he's like, um, so he just kind of delayed production of the movie until he knew Jimmy Stewart was working on um, <laughs> Anatomy <laughs> of a Murder. Classic. Nice. And, That's and the way he, to do it. Yeah. And then he cast Cary Grant. But and, and, well, and he's like, Cary oh, Grant, you can be in it. He's, and Cary Grant was uh, never really as close of friends they are like never really got the hang of what the movie was like he was like i don't understand this script i don't really know what's going on really but let's do it let's go well the script went through some changes i think throughout the the process apparently like 
Alfred Hitchcock had some ideas about like a person hiding in Lincoln's nose or whatever. <laughs> like yes, that's yeah. And like he would be found out because he sneezed in the nose or I'm I don't. They I didn't, didn't quite, do that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounded like a lot. A lot of it, like I don't know, it got a, a lot of it got changed. And I mean, it sounds and I don't know if this is true, but one of Hitchcock's biographies is that a lot of Hitchcock's ideas kind of got junked. And a lot of Ernest Lehman's ideas made it in. So, uh, but hey, it's a collaborative process. It's yeah, well, of... they were originally working on something else, a different movie together, and it just wasn't coming together. And they sort of just lost interest and dropped it. And Hitchcock was like, I want to do this in a movie and this and this and this. And right. put that in a script kind of thing. Yeah, and he was kind of like, we'll think of something. Like, he was <laughs> we'll like, figure we'll... it out. But yeah, he and he apparently wanted to make the ultimate Hitchcock movie and just have like things like I some I want to see someone stabbed in the UN or whatever. Like he just wanted things to happen, you know, like and then they ended up they found this idea that an American journalist had. His name was Otis Guernsey, Guernsey. Whatever, however you pronounce it. But he heard stories of this operation in World War II called Operation Mincemeat, where basically they, the British intelligence came up with a secret agent and they fed all this information, misinformation, to the Germans to make them think that this was like a real guy. So th- and then, like, apparently Hitchcock paid this Otis Guernsey ten thousand dollars for that <laughs> it's like, whatever his just, fucking like, name is. <laughs> he paid him ten thousand dollars for the idea said, okay we're using it that was, and that was it so that's where the story comes from so i even though Cary grant didn't know <laughs> he didn't have to, he didn't have to but it's an interesting story I, I like how they used some real life stuff they took some of hitchcock's sort of pie in the sky ideas and yeah. What do you like to say? Bob's your uncle? Yeah, Bob's your uncle. There's a threw, movie. In a, threw it in a blender and then yeah. poured it out into a nice big glass and they had this big old good movie. At least yeah. in my opinion. A big old good movie. Yeah. That's that's going to be your grade later on. It's a big old good movie. <laughs> big old good movie. And, you know, as Hitchcock does, as one does, and as Hitchcock does, he cast a pretty blonde lady. Yeah. Eva Marie Saint. Yeah. Mm. She's still with us. Yeah, that's um, right. What's it, 90s, something years old? Late 90s, mm-hmm. right? Holy yeah. sh- that's That's crazy. Good for her. She is pretty. And apparently, like, when she was going out for the role, or, like, Hitchcock wanted to meet, have dinner with her, and her mother said, he likes to cast ladies in beige outfits and white gloves. So that's what she wore <laughs> to their dinner, and she ended up getting gas, and they... I think it was because of that. But. On July 4th, she will be 100 years old. Wow. We should have had her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, her and Ron Friedman. <laughs> let's, uh, do you want to start talking about the plot here? Do we have any yeah, other? Let's get, let's, let's no, get I want to start right All at right. the very beginning as a visual artist guy. The credits, Saul Bass, award winning. I love these credits. Oh my God, so good. And, and I, I love the score. Oh, and the score mm-hmm, is so good. Mm-hmm. The credits are amazing. Yep. Saul Bass is, a, is a, you know, he made like so many iconic logos, like the Westinghouse logo, IBM. And I have to say, before he died, I saw Saul Bass at my college in art. Oh, wow. That's like cool. right. Be- it was literally like the year before he died. 
and uh and so i just a great opening scene here yeah i i think he did the the opening credits to hitchcock's uh, vertigo as well which are also excellent excellent yeah i, I mean uh, i think hitchcock liked using the same yeah probably same people so. I'm going to say about the score, which is uh, Bernard Herrmann. Uh, I can hear, like, John Williams used to work for him. Uh, and so I can hear the influence of him on Williams in, in much of this score. But I mean, mm. Bernard Herrmann did a shit ton of things. He uh, he did uh, Scorsese's last film. Uh, uh, no, he, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he oh. did, his last film was with Scorsese, Taxi Driver. And wow. he did, which explains why Scorsese used a lot of the score when he remade Cape Fear because Bernard Herrmann did that. He did like the Twilight Zone theme and stuff. So he just was, I, he might have even done Psycho, which was the film following this for Hitchcock. Very prolific, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah, he was the John Williams of his day. Okay, that's pretty I good. I think Williams used to like transcribe the music or the orchestra that, that he would compose, that Herman would compose, so... Ah. All right, now we can get into the plot. <laughs> well, I want to say one more thing, though, before we get into it. It's, we're, it's like two minutes into the movie, we get our Alfred Hitchcock cameo. Oh, it's, yeah. Cameo. That's my favorite one. This and really? uh, To Catch a Thief are my two favorite Hitchcock cameos. <laughs> well, he just, he's like, misses the bus or whatever. Yeah, he just he's runs like, up and quickly, is like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, uh, in To Catch a Thief, he... Um, it's another Cary Grant one and they're in the back of a bus and Cary Grant that's like just kind of on him and he just sort of looks to the side in a weird way and then the camera pulls back and it's Alfred Hitchcock I think with a bird in a cage but uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good one he was a he was a playful fellow he, you know he liked to stick the and what is that one where just the people are on the boat the Hitchcock movie where whatever the whole movie takes place like they're on a boat and like, how's he going to get himself on there unless he's sitting with these people? It's like a small boat, but like someone's looking, his picture's in the paper. Yeah. Something like that. Nice. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyways, we meet Cary Grant, Roger O. Thornhill. Well, what's the O stand for? Uh, I don't remember. What he, says say? Nothing. he says nothing. He says nothing. So he's dictating to his Rot. assistant, and he's a sales, he's an ad executive he's a don draper type yeah exactly and i love it the first thing we we sort of find out about him he steals a cab from a guy like yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just, just takes the cab and he says call my mother i'll have two martinis do i look do i look as so as he's like bloated to you or something he's like <laughs> do i look heavy or he's like leave a note on my desk think thin think thin <laughs> well like you point out clay uh people were a lot skinnier back then you know they didn't have as much hyperdose yeah going through all these classic movies mrs Uh, elder and i have we just keep commenting about how thin everyone was back then and they weren't like but also there's another thing Mm, people did look let's see how old he was when he made this movie people looked older though he was in his 50s what oh he doesn't look like he's in his 50s i don't harry grant I don't know, maybe. Do you think he yeah. looks in his fifties? I don't think so. No, I don't think he looks in his he looks good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I think he he's younger. in his I think he's in his fifties when he did this. Interesting. All right. I'll look it up while we uh, I would have whatever. So he goes to the Oak Room, which is a famous uh restaurant there. He, yeah, he was fifty five. Uh, how about that? Oh, how about oh. that? All right. See, sure. I thought that he was like 
I, it was maybe a little bit of ageism, but I thought that he was, you know, how sometimes you see people in the fifties and you're like, wow, that guy must be like 65 years old. And they're like 35. Right. Yeah, I yeah, it yeah. was like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I Cary know. Grant I looked amazing till the day he died. Yeah. So he meets. He's with, dead he, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He died on my birthday. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, John. Okay. Oh, <laughs> like don't oh, John me. <laughs> I was 13 at the time. So he's meeting with some guys. Oh, he's, he wants to contact his mom, but she's not reachable. So it, there's this whole like kerfuffle about sending her a telegram and stuff. And the major D's looking for a guy named Kaplan. And these but two... he's also this is also very just madman. Like he sits down. This I just thought this was this whole movie is gorgeous. He walks into the oak room. There's these nice hand-painted signs. He sits down. The three guys he sit or four guys at the table, they all have martinis laid out right in front of him. And oh, then yeah. he's like trying to get the porter, the whatever, maitre d'. Like, yeah, I, I need you to send me a tele- telegram. I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just but, this mean, whole movie just looks so gorgeous. The whole thing is that the guy's calling for Roger Kaplan, and then he turns right. around and he's like, hey, boy, over here. And so right. the, he just so happens. The two thugs. Yeah, these you two know. guys in suits, they, they come up and they think Thornhill is Kaplan. And so like they stop him and they're like, uh, come with us. And they, they put a gun in his back and they walk him out. And I love it. He says, what is this, a joke or something? And they say, yes, a joke. We will laugh in car. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they get in the car. They don't say a word. They just drive off. So they go to this town's in a state. And they, they put him in this kind of room. It looks like a, a it's like a study or a library. So there's a lot of books on it. And he says, "Oh, catch up on my reading." He's, <laughs> he's got a lot of really good lines. Yeah, it looks like a stately Wayne Manor. Up. It you does. Yeah, I mean? yeah. He can get down to the Batcave if he moves one book or something. But uh, I mean, like you know, James Bond has a lot of good lines, and like we said, this is like proto James Bond. But like, he's got really good lines. Like the the screenwriting well, is amazing. Harry Grant was also the um, best man at Cubby Broccoli's um, second marriage and his wedding. Uh, okay. And they they were trying to get him to play Bond, but he would only agree to do one film. Uh, and uh, so they they were like, we, we need someone for more than one film. We can't just do so. That's right. They went after an unknown after that. Hmm. Anyway, back that, to the B? We need yeah, yeah, right. more than one, more than one. So anyway, Lester Townsend, uh, James Mason, comes in, and he is also with Leonard, yes. played by Martin Landau. Listen to uh, our um, yeah. Ed Wood episode. So listen to our Ed Wood episode. I, 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 I like Martin I Landau. love um, James Mason's voice, where he, oh, your acting is quite good. You should <laughs> go to the actor's studio. I know. He sounds like Dr. Claw or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got a... So they keep calling him Kaplan, and he's like, he's not. They don't believe him. He says he's not Kaplan, and whatever. They, he says, I'll show you my ID. They're like, ah, that's fake. And then they list off a bunch of hotels that they know he stayed at, which comes into play, including the Statler in Boston. Oh, that's right. Yes. So it's like, will you cooperate? And he says, a simple yes or no. And he says, a simple no. I thought that was a good line. Too. A simple no. A simple, no. simple fact that I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he tries to run, and then they, they hold him down, and they take out this giant bottle of bourbon, and they pour a big glass, and they pour it down his mouth. And, like, 
So in the next scene, he's like drunk and singing. Oh, and they, yeah, and they throw they throw him. He's very uh, red shirt Brian. The way he's acting. <laughs> I know he is kind of. I mean, he's acting drunk, but uh, you know it's hard to act drunk. But uh, yeah. so they're this trying. Is the, to... This is the part of the movie that I'm like. This is the one scene that I'm like, Ugh, you know, because it just goes on like way longer than it should. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little long. I mean, I mean, maybe they just thought that this is good shit. Let's just keep it going. But um, yeah, so they try to put him in the driver's seat of a car and drive him off a cliff as he's drunk, and so they could just say, you know, oh, he died of natural causes. And so he pushes the guy out and he starts driving on his own, but he's drunk and then he speeds past a cop and the cop's chasing after him. And then there's like a cyclist. And there's all, there's like a, you know, yeah, there should a have collision. been a mother. There should have been a yeah. mother with a carriage. There should have been two guys walking with plate glass. glass across. Yeah, like maybe some yeah. fruit, uh, yeah. <laughs> watermelons. In the classic uh, rear projection <laughs> yeah, the, uh, drive right. the yeah, thing, just, like oh, to be it, to also to be used in James Bond many yeah. times. And it, oh, yeah, yeah, and it looks just as crappy in all of those because they do this in To Catch a Thief too. This is like an extended like. He's being driven by Grace Kelly and his extended, like, rear screen projection, bad, like, well. Oh, they do but, it in Psycho, too. So, I mean, they did it in all of the movies. Yeah. Back but the funny thing is just hearing all the stock sound effects in there because I could recognize the tire screeching from the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Those Foley guys, they yeah. only had so many. <laughs> and so, I have a knowledge drop, too, oh, here. Oh, please, please. Gary Grant actually bought that 1959 Mercedes-Benz. After oh, no kidding. After that's the awesome. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Convoidable. They arrest him because he's, he like. Because he smashes into drunk. a cop car. And he smashes into a cop car. That's right. And then he says, somebody call the police. And he says, it's assault with a, a gun and a bourbon and a sports <laughs> car. I mean, I, just, I know it goes on a lot. I mean, drunk Gary Grant is. Pretty funny. Oh, I mean, other than the the bad rear screen, I I like the rest of the scene. I'm just like this yeah. part just goes on a little longer than I'd like. But yeah, when he gets taken in and stuff, and yes. he has to call he has to call his mother, and he's like, "Mother, this is your son, Roger Thornhill." You know, <laughs> I like and, he... and he's like, a, "Who? What's the cop's name?" It's like Emil something or other, and he's like, "Ah, I didn't believe it either." <laughs> I like so he they, they have this doctor guy there and he tries to explain to him the guy says how much you been drinking and he says about this much and he holds his hands <laughs> like a bro like, and he so, gets up to like lay on the table like, yeah and he kind of just lies on the table <laughs> and his lawyer is trying to explain the whole thing his you know. lawyer is Maxwell Smart's boss on Get Smart oh alright there yeah. you go I didn't recognize that it's like, no, they think he's this guy, Kaplan, blah, blah, blah. So, like, they go back to the Townsend. Well, uh, I want to add something in here. His mother sure. is with him at this point. Yes, and that's his, right. His mother was also in To Catch a Thief with him, where she played someone the same age. There was only, like, three years difference between them. I think that's always great when someone looks so old, despite <laughs> the fact that they're the same age, that you're like my mother. But she's oh, just, yeah. she makes things worse, where she's always just like, you know, just, like, adding little comments and just, like, little noises and, and things like that that, like, seem to be poking holes in his story almost. I know. It's I, actually one of my another one of my favorite lines. So they go actually go back to the Townsend estate, and everything is different. And like Mrs. Townsend like lets them in, so the cops and everything. And he goes into that same room, and he, he where the liquor cabinet was is just books. And his mother says, "I remember when it came in bottles." 
That's kind of (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so they obviously changed everything, which kind of doesn't make sense if they think that, eh, whatever, who cares? So anyways. All the ruse, they sent in the cleaners. It's kind of like they're fucking with his head. Yeah, exactly. Go listen to our our Moonraker podcast where they do that. (laughs) So Mrs. Townsend, she pretends that she knows him, and she says, oh, he was here and he was drinking last night. And then they said something about that, like, Townsend is not here. He's at the U.N. I like his reaction. So, he's like, so he's at the U.N. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's addressing the the assembly. <laughs> so the thing that I thought was really funny, um, they, I think they say, just pay the $2. Yeah, like, $2? <laughs> That's the fine for being drunk and, and hitting a cop? $2? Well, $2 so. was like 4000 back then. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't that long ago. I don't think it was... <laughs> Anyway, so he and his mother go to his hotel and looking for George Kaplan. And he tells Ma, he tells his mother. He to get bribes the key. her. Yeah. Really. <laughs> He's off to go up to the desk and get the key. Yeah. And so he goes in and he's he snooping around. He asks the housekeeper if she knows who he is. And there's like, it's kind of it's this running gag when they go in. There's like dandruff shampoo and stuff. It's like, he makes a couple <laughs> jokes about yeah. Kaplan having dandruff. He's kind of funny. He says dandruff. He says and, it weird. Dandruff. So he takes this photo that has Townsend in it. And uh, so he can kind of. But no one has ever actually seen this guy Kaplan. But he checked out and whatever. And, and, and yeah. So... And then a, a guy comes up with the suit that had been pressed and cleaned. And, and yeah, it's too. It's several sizes too small so yeah he's like he's a little guy with dandruff or whatever he makes him. <laughs> so then he gets a phone call in the room and um it's from like the, one of the kidnapper guys and so then roger calls down to the i love like back in the day you could just get all this information no matter what yeah. it was it's like not that there was no privacy it's just like he's just like hey uh, who just called here and he says it came from the lobby they're riding down the elevator this is kind of a weird scene it was there's a bunch of people in the elevator, and the mother says, are they really trying to kill you? And everyone just starts laughing. It's kind of weird. I don't even really remember. When he lets the ladies out, he's like, oh, we'll let the ladies out first. And then he just runs. Roger just takes That's off. That's a good thing. Good thing they didn't kidnap his mother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does he care, I guess? She's like, are you going to be home for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> so he steals another person's cab, because I guess we know he's good at that. And he says, take me to the U.N., and he tells the cabbie he's being followed. Can you do anything about it? Like, that's... And the guy says, yeah, I thought yeah. I was going to be in it, in on it. You know? Yeah, I was like, that's but, pretty that, crazy. That one doesn't go anywhere. I think I'm going to try that in the next Uber. Yeah, there's, like someone, next Uber there's, ride. Someone, yeah, there's someone following hey, me. Yeah. Follow me. Can you do anything about it? He'd probably be like, yeah, let me get my gun out here. <laughs> anyway, so they go to the UN. And he pages Lester Townsend. But it's a different guy. Different lesson. Oh, I, I also want to point out that they didn't have permission to film at the UN. So they mm-hmm. sort of just set up a camera in a van across the street and told Carrie Grant <laughs> to go run up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, because once you're inside, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, um, they couldn't film inside either. That's why there are right. so many matte paintings. Matte paintings. Okay. So this guy, this different Lester Townsend, gets a knife thrown into his back. It's really hard to tell. Like if you're just kind of just like kind of just watching the movie and seeing it, like it's kind of just like well, you wait. can you can see it. For, you I know, but it's like a, from, like a second. A, I was like, wow, they actually went through the effort to make that do that. 
Yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty cool. And then like you see a guy in the shadows like take off. And Roger kind of like helps the guy. Yeah, the guy is falling to the ground with a knife in his back, and Roger pulls the knife out. And he's holding it in his hand, and it's bloody. And all these reporters are taking pictures of him because they think he stabbed the guy. So then he runs off again. In another matte painting. Another- <laughs> matte painting. And then he's in the paper. He's on the front page. You know, murder at the UN or whatever. But because he gave the name Kaplan, they're looking for a guy named Kaplan. Uh, It's just, you know, this is all because that one guy in the restaurant thought he was Kaplan or whatever. The wrong man. Yeah. So now we get introduced to this weird government group. The professors, they they call this guy. And um, a little bit gets explained. Actually, a lot gets explained. But they don't say what group. Later on, he says, oh, we're all part of the same alphabet soup. But. I like how they, they show you that they're in Washington because they put the Capitol in the background. It's, it's just like when you're in Paris, <laughs> the Eiffel Tower is always in the background. Right. So this whole thing, they created this fake guy. Or there is London. No, or London. Yep, they'll put like the, yeah. the big big band or something. Or, right, if you're no. in G.I. Joe. If you're in G.I. Joe, yeah. Yeah. So there is no George Kaplan. It's all made up. It's a farce. Yes. But they're, they're like, so this guy's going to take the fall for us? And he's like, hey, we can't endanger the mission. Yeah, they're like, what if what if he gets killed? And they're like, he's like, well, that's his problem, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> right. He sucks to be him. Yeah. Oh, well. But their mission. So anyways, because Roger heard him say that he went to Chicago, he hops the train to Chicago. And he's calling his mom just to explain all this. So we get some exposition, really. But it's also a nice way to have his mom in it. And she's not acting in it. He's just talking to her on the phone that he's getting on a train to Chicago. And he kind of sneaks on the train. Grand Central Station, and it looks gorgeous in there. And they shot this. And then then he goes up and he buys a ticket to Chicago. And then the uh, ticket taker, like... The ticket taker is is also in suspicion with Cary Grant uh, with a much bigger role. And he was uh, partnered with the guy that plays... um, Leslie Nielsen's partner in the Naked Gun movies, and I can't remember what his name is. George, George Kennedy. Yeah, and James Coburn. Oh, very good. Oh, the Coburn files coming yeah. soon. That's right. But he, he's, but, but the ticket taker rats him out. Yeah, well, he's he's, he's like, like yeah, uh, let me are you in a go check uh, to see if they got another like, uh, ticket? Yeah. There. He's he's wearing sunglasses this whole time, and right. uh, he's like. Uh, but is something wrong with your eyes? And he's like, there are, they're sensitive to questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a good one. And uh, Oliver Peoples, a sunglasses manufacturer, worked with the Cary Grant's estate to recreate those glasses. Oh, wow. So. That is very cool. So he sneaks on the train, and um, the cops are coming for him, and um, he bumps into Eva Marie Saint in the hallway. And it's kind of like, like oh, oh, hello, yeah. And so uh, she tells the cops that, like, he went that away. Uh, you know, seven parking she, tickets. Yeah, he's just. She's like, what are they looking for you for? Is seven parking tickets? You know, they part ways for a little while, but then he goes to the dinner car and they seat him with her, and then they they flirt. Now I know, like back then, you couldn't. It was a lot less overt, right? Like you'd mm. be like, hey, lady. I want to be on you, you know, or whatever. They kind, they, they're almost coming out and saying that. Though. They're pretty. In the script, actually, yeah. I, I saw the uh, screenwriter talking. He said in the script, 
when she says I never travel on an empty stomach or something in the script it actually said I never make love on an empty stomach oh. but they they had to change it obviously yeah I like her line of uh, that uh, her she's not terribly invested in the book she's reading or something like that right right so she she tipped the like the guy five dollars to have to seat him with her so I, I think this kind of flirting is way more fun I mean, I know I don't want to sound like, oh, it was better back in the old days or whatever, but it was it's way more fun dialogue now. You know what I mean? Like, we just know they don't even really speak. They just go right to the sex. Yes. But like, this is like way more fun. Yeah. I love sexual tension in old movies. Just wonderful. Mm-hmm. But and she knows who he I is. Watched, uh, I watched a thing with Eva Marie Saint about the making of, and she said much the same thing you're saying, Derson. She's like, nowadays they just get show everything but in this time you know it was she suddenly became kathleen kathleen hepburn <laughs> yeah but she was just like she's like it's just better with they leave it to the imagination and stuff like you know she's like and she's like oh i had to do and she was like getting around she's like i i had to do take after take and it was such a grueling day kissing cary grant take after take you know <laughs> So, yeah, she tells him where her room is, and then the train stops, and the cops get on, and they're they're looking for him. And so they lock him in the, like, her room as, like, one of the, like, a bunk bed kind of thing, I guess. I don't know what you describe it as, like a, well, I guess it's like just a like bed. Like a sleeper bed. Yeah, it's right, like right. a Murphy bed, almost, in the train car that, that in that model, like, the porter has to come in with this special key yeah. uh, to to undo it it's not like you can just like pull it down yourself like you need to have the porter come in and uh, and turn the key and he's hiding up there and yeah. uh, that's when yeah. when they come in they're like hey have you seen this guy you yeah and we saw you talking to him in the train in the dining room i don't know who he is yeah he just sat there i don't know anything about him and she plays like the sort of like woman who doesn't know and she's like i don't know was he a bad man or whatever? So meanwhile, the porter comes to the room and, uh, you know, Roger hides in the bathroom. There's this, you know, whatever. We don't know. Something went on there. We only find out later. But the guy leaves. And then they make out a little again. But the, I mean, the porter brings her message to another room. And it's Martin Landau and James Mason in there. And the message says, what do I do with him in the morning? Yeah, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they arrive in Chicago. And he Apparently, off... this train ride is like twenty hours long. <laughs> really? Is that how long yeah. it really takes? Oh wow! Yeah. So what did still, they do? This, this line still runs to oh, this wow. day. <laughs> Faster scenic route, twenty hours, rather than the shorter but more direct route, which has numerous stops. Ah, interesting. So they did spend some time together. Oh, yeah. So they get to Chicago, and he, uh, Roger, is dressed up as, like, a luggage guy with, like, the hat on and everything and the uniform because there's cops all around. So so even Marie Saint, Eve Kendall, I guess we should call her or whatever, yeah. but um, she says, I'll call Kaplan. So I'm wearing one of those outfits right now. The Eden Marie Saint one? Ooh, no, like to look sexy. A, jumps, a jumpsuit that. <laughs> Let's like, all talk sexy with Clay now. 
yeah. innuendos <laughs> for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, we like show. sexual tension. So, and meanwhile, yeah, um, of course, Martin Lando, Leonard, and Townsend are, are there. So the real luggage guy is there, and he got paid off by, by Roger to tell them, like, the other way or whatever. And like, there's, like, everybody who has that red hat there just hassling them all. It's kind of funny. So this is, this is kind of funny, too. He goes in the men's room to, to shave. Guys, and they're shaving back then. It was a real thing. But he only yeah, has, like, they, her tiny little huge razor. beard wasn't a thing then. Yeah. Like, now. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I didn't really get that. Is I that didn't like get the joke her? either. But that might be just maybe that was a popular thing at the time. I think maybe it was travel because, razors. yeah, like oh, he he grabbed that razor when he was in her bathroom. He was like, "Yeah, Look at how small I mean, this is." Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just a macho thing. Like he's at the train station shaving, which is like, can you imagine being in self station and shaving in there? <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, he he's shaving, and the the guy is next to him is like. Look at this guy with his little yeah. sissy blue boots, tiny. <laughs> I think that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, mean, I figured it was like small razor, big face. That's right, exactly. So she tells him, uh, "Just get on the bus, go to this stop, meet Kaplan there." It's all very suspicious. You know, she's very being very suspicious, and he wants you know. Meanwhile, he wants to see her again, of course, and. Um, She's like, well, okay. Yeah, it could happen, maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. might run into each other at some point. Okay, I'll go and bye. Yeah, yeah. So he takes his bus. He gets off way out in the middle of nowhere. And there's all these cars driving by. And this one guy gets dropped off. And, you know, kind of like, hmm. And he thinks it might be him or whatever. And he crosses the street. But there's a crop. The, the guy does also notice the, there's a crop duster that is ain't dusting no crops. Yeah, and this is obviously like the most famous scene of the movie. It's parodied a million times, but uh, Hitch is—I like to call him Hitch. Hitch, you you and him are are buds. You're tight. His his idea was to do the opposite of cramped guy being chased in an alley in dark city, cramped, a lot of people around, lots of traffic. He's like, what if you reverse that and had someone being chased down in in the big wide open so that was like kind of his brain puzzle that he tried to figure out this amazing scene that we'll, we're i would have. also like it to is. point out that um this is supposed to be outside of chicago but they filmed it in california so there is another matte painting in that establishing <laughs> shot because you could see you know mountains and the city and stuff back there that they used the the painting to make it really look like you're out in the middle of nowhere. And I also yeah. like the fact that the, he goes over and asks if he's um, Kaplan. He's, and he's like, can't say I am because that's not my name or something like that. Yeah. It's like really weird. Can't say much that I do around here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super they're, bad. They're dusting crops where there ain't no crops. By the way. Hey, for dusting crops, boy. <laughs> to add to what you were saying, John, about where they were filming it in California, when they were there, they were saying... At, they were filming it in McFarland, California. They were filming the scene and, and all that. And then they found out that the bar closed in that particular town at 1030 each night. <laughs> so they oh moved God. it to Bakersfield. <laughs> so they could drink after? Is that, is that... Yes, that's oh, right. It was very funny. important back then. That's, and yeah. now. 
I don't blame him. Can't say that I don't know. Do now do. I ain't no <laughs> captain now. Can't say that I now no do. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. Too. So the, the <laughs> Thanks to you. I'll be getting on the bus now. Thanks. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. He gets on the bus and leaves. So yeah, Roger's there all alone. The crop duster, quote unquote, flies at him and starts shooting at him, and he runs into the corn to try to hide. But yeah, it's it's a tense scene. Like. The, Plane does a couple of, you know, loops. and So the real, meanwhile, the real crop duster comes. And then there's this gas truck coming along. Like, Roger runs out to stop the the, the gas truck. And it almost Wait, runs over. Are you over. saying there's two crop dusters? Yeah, I, I didn't notice that either. I guess that I, may be a mistake. I didn't mistake. I think it's just Whatever. one plane. Yeah, one bad, yeah, a bad plane. So he's driving. What are you doing here? I'm already crop dusting here. <laughs> I, you're crop dusting where there ain't no crops. <laughs> so yeah, so he, I made that mistake. I'm sorry. My notes are a little uh, confusing here. So anyway, were, he runs out to the street. Drinking. Yeah, I had bourbon. <laughs> so he tries to stop the truck and he has to like duck under it. And then the plane crashes right into it. It's like a big gas truck with like two yeah. tanks. In a review I had watched where they're like, oh, and that's an obvious miniature right there. I was like, actually, I thought that was pretty good miniature. I didn't know that until you said it was an obvious yeah. miniature. <laughs> obvious miniature. That's true. I, I, I saw that same one and I was pretty surprised. And then there's some skeptical people that don't think that the production, the storyboards were made until after the movie for publicity but if you look at the storyboards for this they have got it all worked out and they've got all the angles at which the crop duster is like going down and like shooting the guy but like the drawings look really cool like like awesome like comic book panels if you ever nice. look looking up yes like, look i saw story. those as well yeah they look really nice. cool very nice it, whereas hitchcock literally draws like a a, a, a smiley face on a, <laughs> on a figure and and like a you know plane a very simple plane in the background but he gives it to his production guy and he like draws this really good thing and then even like the expressions on the cartoons are like almost like screen accurate it's really cool so yeah the, the after the, the plane crashed and it's kind of on fire and there's so yeah into cool. the into the oil tanker yeah truck yeah so they're kind of, but some cars stop yeah, like rubber they, they, yeah they gather around to see what's going on and, and so uh, he jumps in a pickup truck and he's out of there. <laughs> and it's back. funny, like the pickup truck has like a refrigerator on the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. So he's, he's, but he goes back to Chicago. He goes to the ambassador this time, the ambassador East hotel. And he find out, Oh, Mr. Kaplan checked out, but he sees Eve in the lobby. And again, he just like, Oh, what room is she in? Well, cause he, like, cause you could see, she gets off at the fourth floor because he's looking at the elevator and seeing where it stops. Right. And yeah. then he's like, oh, I'm, I'm meeting Eve Kendall. She's on the fourth floor, you know, room four, whatever. Yeah. Get it, get so it, I guess it. he does. Yeah, he gives some information enough. I guess yeah, he's kind of like, oh, I forget which room she's in. And they're yeah, it's like, like, yeah, four it's or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you couldn't do that now. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, and he I goes up and she acts all coy, and uh, but and she's like, please leave. And he's like, well, why don't I stay for dinner? And she's like, well, all right, but your suit is kind of gross. So we'll have it pressed. i have the porter sponge it. Yeah, sponge, sponge it, press it, and that'll take I 20 minutes. Like, I was like, yeah. how many times do you have to have something sponged? And then I was thinking that actually does solve the problem. If you have a dusty suit, you probably sponge it. But how many times did that ask for? 
don't know. Well, back quick... in the day, everybody yeah, was, was wearing suits, so maybe it was um, a, a service that was more readily yeah. available than it I would be. I guess so, now. yeah. I'm going to call up my lady and say, can you do a quick sponge and press? Sponge- 20, sure, minutes. Like 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And I'll, and I'll <laughs> yeah. just hang up like a prank call and then I'll laugh. <laughs> I just called her for a sponge and press. <laughs> so meanwhile, she tells he said, oh, or he's going to take a shower and they're going to go to dinner while, that, while the suit is getting sponged and pressed. So then, like, she gets a phone call. She writes down something on a piece of paper. He's in the shower. The water's running, but he doesn't actually... It's not actually in the shower. He's like kind of. Like he has a shirt on and his uh, boxer. Yeah, he's in his underwear. <laughs> Underpants. Underwear. Yeah, it's kind of oh very oh very interesting. But um, so she she sneaks out and then he comes out and he does the pencil trick. Yeah, the the thing that always works in the movies, but if you try it in real life, you might get a letter or two. (laughs) She really pressed down hard on that. Yeah, she was just very, just like very intense. Because he gets a perfect rubbing. (laughs) I would say a perfect rubbing, huh? Yeah, I would say that this this movie is like definitely one of the most analyzed movies ever. And uh, one of the things I saw was like, if you see. When he's doing the pencil trick, he's going left to right. But the cut insert, uh, when yeah, they close up nerds. on the thing, goes up and down, up and down. Oh, boy. Like, easy. easy. <laughs> right. Nobody cares. Yeah. Except I felt the need to share it with you. Well, I, I mean, it's, I, it is interesting, I guess, so now that you mention it. But that other guy, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Idiot. It was good when you said it. But when that guy said <laughs> it, yeah, what a jerk. Yeah. But every so frame anyways. of this movie has been analyzed to death. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So anyways, the rubbing on his on the paper is an address. So he goes to that address. Now, I'd just like to say something here. Please. I know that the, um, the crop dusting scene is the iconic scene that everybody talks about. But this is actually my favorite scene of the movie. This one. The, the, the auction. Yeah, I really like it. It is like pretty this hilarious. Scene. This yeah. scene is really funny and very inventive. So, yeah, there's an... Meanwhile, and so Townsend and Leonard and Eve are there. And Eve... Uh, what, Townsend is rubbing her neck. It's kind of very familiar. And uh, I did want to point out to you, Clay, that the auctioneer says, this lot is in excellent condition. Which is something oh, I excellent. use on all of my eBay auctions. Nice. It's my it's my go to. Maybe yeah, I got maybe. it from this. Maybe I did without knowing, like, without, yeah, uh, you know, maybe subconsciously. So anyway, he goes over and he confronts them, and, and Martin Landau is uh, he says he was in your room, and <laughs> Carrie Grant says it's in everybody. Yeah, <laughs> she he's pissed at her. You know, no, he's, he's not holding back. Something. Yeah, yeah. She tries to smack him, and he says, "You who are you kidding? You have no feelings to hurt." So he says he's going to go to the police for trying to kill him. And meanwhile, there's henchmen guarding the door and everything. So, yeah. So, Roger? <laughs> well, there's the, the, the um, Townsend. He hasn't found out what his real name is yet, right? No, they Oh, he does. Cap- he finds out here. He finds out his right. name's Van Damme. Um, yeah. And they're, because they're Townsend's bidding really on, like, this little statue thing. Right. But I love the way Roger squishes next to this lady in the seat at the auction. <laughs> She's yeah. like, ah. he just like squishes it right next to her. And anyway, so he bids on something lower 
than what the price was. And the guy's like, yeah, the auctioneer is kind of like, um, he's like, thirteen dollars. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, like, he's like, it's 13, it's whatever, and he's like, well, that's all it's worth, thirteen dollars. Yeah, he's like, how do I know it's not fake? It looks like a fake. Yeah, yeah he's just causing a, a a scene. Yeah, and the woman's like, yeah, well, you're no fake, you're a genuine you're an idiot. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, was... thank you. Yeah, thank you. So then we get the old guy, the professor. He's also there just observing all this. But meanwhile, yeah, so Roger creates enough of a disturbance by keep on bidding down. And then one time he goes way up, right? And you're like, ah, a million dollars. Yeah, take him seriously yeah. at this point. And even the auctioneer is like, what, wait, what were we at again? <laughs> and the guy comes over to like take him out. He punches him. And then like, you know, they're like, oh, the old guy makes like a phone call. Meanwhile, but meanwhile, they reckon he's the United Nations killer. Or at least... This, I think Roger says that himself, right? Or, or yeah, when the cops take him away, he's like, yeah. uh, "You, you got a, you scored big. You got the United Nations killed." There's also a, a slight little movie flub here when they're when they're going around a corner. Cary Grant starts to lean, but the cop sitting in the back seat with him doesn't, and he kind of nudges him to like, oh, "Lean, we're taking a turn." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're obviously they're not turning; they're just in front no, of like a yeah. rear screen again. So yeah, when the cop calls it in. And they say, yep, take him to the airport. He's like, no, I want to be taken to police HQ. And they're like, nope, take him to the airport. So they go to the Northwest Airlines, which I thought was a nice uh, thing. The old guy, the professor, comes in. He says, all right. And he takes him away. And they just let him. I don't know. I mean, like, don't you think they'd be like, um. Well, he flashes. He shows him his badge. Yeah, or what, like back then, that's what you could do. Right. Just, that's all you did. Yeah. That's all you had to do. I, well, I watched Airplane recently. And the um, the homeland security in that movie is is pretty much non-existent. I mean, I know it's like <laughs> a funny movie, anyways, but it's just like people are smoking and they're just like running onto the plane at the yeah. last minute. And women stuff. are There's walking no, like, through the security. thing and their boobs are showing. Sniffing, <laughs> yeah, <He's> sniffing <laughs> glue. It, 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 <laughs> it's I don't. I have to tell this joke because it, it was so funny when I saw it. It's like these two guys. It's like okay, make sure you you feed the cat. And yeah, okay. And make sure you take care of this business transaction and stuff. Okay. Then they kiss because they're like a gay couple. But like in 1980, when that movie came oh, out, yeah. it was like all shocking. Ooh. But I was like, wow. I was, I was like, that was supposed to be like a huge joke. And I was like, ah, look at how far we've come. That actually that? is happening. They do want him to feed the cat. He's going to be in trouble if he doesn't, you know, what he gets up. <laughs> we've come a long way since airplane. That's yeah. true. All right, so the professor explains that there is no George Kaplan, but they ha- they still need him to go to Mount Rushmore to find Van Dam, formerly Townsend. You're gonna pretend that you're Kaplan for a little while, just so that you know, because we, we gotta figure this out. Because Miss, because Eve Kendall, Ms. Kendall, is she works for them too, and so yeah, she's, she's in the, the inside man. The inside yeah, man yeah. is a woman. A woman. 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 She's yeah. an agent. So Van Dam is leaving the country, so they just kind of have to just make sure it's all on the up and up. I, I kind of lost a little bit of uh, what – do they want him to leave or do they not want yeah, him Yeah, because they were yeah. going to track him back to who he was going to or something like that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, and, he, and the, his – Cary Grant uh, dialogue, Thornhill, uh, he, he's just saying like – he's saying the most hilarious thing when he's shutting the stuff down. He's like, he's like, I've got two ex-wives. A mother and several bartenders 
that are dependent on me. I can't just. <laughs> are you saying, uh, and I don't want to disappoint them by getting slightly killed or something like. That. Yeah, oh yeah, slight, I don't want to disappoint them getting slightly killed. Yeah. So they, he he has a sit down with Van Dam, and uh, he he's like, "All right, I'll I'll make you." Well, they meet at at but first, uh, they they go to Mount Rushmore. Yeah, because he has and a, he's Van Dam has a place near there. They say. yeah, and and he's he's looking at um mount rushmore and he's like i don't like the way teddy roosevelt is looking at me and i was wondering if this was a reference to arsenic and old lace which Cary grant was in and which his brother is crazy and thinks he's teddy roosevelt <laughs> i don't I know if that, that is oh, the case but uh, you know seems like it yeah, might be so he wants to exchange eve for not telling everyone that he knows where Van Dam is going and when he's leaving and all the, he has all that information. He says, but he says, ah, if you, if you leave Eve here, I won't tell anyone, but he, he supposedly wants her for revenge. He doesn't want her because he's in love. Revenge. With her. He tries to take her away and there's a scuffle and then uh, she shoots him. Yeah. Also look in the background. You can see one of the little kid that's an extra sitting down is like that's covering right. his ears. He covers his ears before the, yeah. cause he knows it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I guess they yeah. shot a bunch that day. And then uh, Eva Marie Saint, uh, she said that, why that was the take they <laughs> chose to put in the movie? Well, I guess we'll never know. It, which I guess you could say, like, too, about Hitchcock is, like, it's everything is so perfect, and he leaves imperfections in. It's it's a kind of a strange dichotomy. Like, I, the I, nudging... I, it's yeah, here. I think that yeah. sometimes he sort of likes to 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 break he the illusion it. here and there, you know, where it's like, yeah, I almost think he sort of likes when something is a little stylized and a little off at the same time, as well as being a control freak. It's sort of, you know, a contradiction in a way. Yeah, yeah I like I like that contradiction. If it's like a mistake that's intentionally left in on purpose, that's uh, that's kind of cool. That's 3D chess, man. <laughs> well, he's that's a, it's very Bob yeah. Ross. He goes against the conventions a lot. I feel like there was a lot of stuff in Rear Window, which maybe we'll maybe we'll get to one day. Yeah, I, I just know, got that on, on Blu-ray the other day. Oh, nice! People right. look directly at the camera a lot, which it never happens. You know what I mean? Like in movies, it never happens. Like nobody ever does that because it's too jarring, you know, for the audience. Especially if you're looking at it on a giant screen and someone's just staring at you, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? But that was part of the idea of the movie. Like you're watching, you're watching this happen. You're a yeah, like, like he was acknowledging the audience, basically. Just like Jimmy Stewart is watching all this happen, you are watching all this happen. You're all voyeurs, you know? So it's yes. kind of cool. We'll get there. <laughs> what about episode. Deadpool? What about what about Ferris Bueller, right? Well, Which came first? Uh, Deadpool, definitely. Uh, anyway, so she shot him. And then the old guy, the professor, comes along, and he's like, oh, and they take him away. And they drive him out in like the woods, which is kind of weird, and, and, in like one of those park ranger cars. And Eve is out there, and it was all a farce. Again, uh, another again. farce. Uh, you know, it was blanks. He, she was shooting blanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She compliments his acting. It's kind of nice. And, uh, it's not really his forte. But uh, they have a nice chat. They kiss. But she's got to go back to Van Damme. Which is a surprise to him. Yeah. That that she's actually going on the plane. Yeah, she's leaving with him. And like he's like, what? They didn't tell me that. Like He's like, no, that, you can't. And then this guy comes and just punches him out again. <laughs> this guy just knocks him out. 
Mr. Ranger. Yeah, Park Ranger guy. Or I guess it's probably that's just his disguise. He, I'm sure he's in one of the alphabet soup things. But oh, yeah. sure. He wakes up in like a it's it looks kind of like a hospital room kind of thing or whatever, and he's in a towel. Expected him to say, it's, "You'll have it, to speak up." I'm only wearing a towel. He's pretty good shape for fifty. What was he? Five, six. Yeah. yeah, he looks pretty good. It's the prof brings him some clothes. They're like, "Yeah," he's like, "Oh well, you understand." Yeah, hey, no hard feelings, all that. He's like, you gotta you know be what? here for a couple of days. You should have it. Right. Give me a drink. Yeah, he's like, bourbon. you know, I could use a drink. Yeah, use a bourbon. <laughs> the guy leaves. And that, he, isn't this when he he goes through that lady's room? Yeah. And she's like, yeah. Oh. It's weird. Yeah. Like, and she's like, out stop. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, stop. No, stop. Uh, stop uh, yeah. So he goes to Van Damme's place. He goes and finds Van Damme's house. He's going to rescue Eve. Nice place, by the way. Yeah. As we find out later, I was going to mention this later, but I'll just say it now. It's obviously very close to Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's a little. It's just like over the hill. And there it is. Yeah. Anyway, so he's listening in outside and Martin Lando, uh, Leonard, is trying to explain. To yeah, yeah, the whole the, this whole thing here is they they the, the subtext is that Martin Landau is gay, which is why he is. It's they sort of he's like call it women's intuition, and then mm. and, and then uh, James Mason is like you're jealous. I'm touched, really. You know, <laughs> that's as far and as you could go back caused, in the day. Right? Yeah, it caused some uh, problems with the with the rating, or I don't know if pre code or whatever. But it said that some of the problems with when it came up the code was uh, how effeminate Leonard was. Interesting. It caused some problems. Yeah. Well, he so he's trying to convince him, but he knows that she the gun wasn't real, that she didn't really shoot Roger and all that. And um, meanwhile, and like they also he goes to shoot him. Yeah, he goes goes to shoot shoot Van Dam, and he's okay. And then and uh, Eve is like, "What was that noise?" And he's like, "We were wondering that too. (laughs) Uh, It's almost time to go." That's like, wow, that, that's the best lie you could possibly come up with, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't know. I don't know. We also find out through the, through the course of their conversation that the statue that they won at the auction has microfilm inside it. So this isn't just like this actual international intrigue here. It's really weird, though. Like he, Cold War and, shit. Yeah. It's funny to watch. I, w- I was watching some uh, movie reactions by younger people than us. And they have no idea what microfilm is. And that <laughs> just makes me feel old. I, I guess, yeah, they wouldn't. I think I remember you... actually even going to the library in North Dakota, which is um, not that just, far from Mount that far, Rushmore. Right. Yeah, 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 just yeah. in South Dakota. Just, uh, take, but, just take West Street. Yeah, to take West Street. It's not, it's not that long. And then you got there. <laughs> but I actually remember going to the library and using the microfilm machine that they use in like movies where people are looking up old uh, newspapers. I remember doing that at least once. Oh, I did that a lot actually in my days of doing research papers, you know, for for school and stuff. But yeah. So sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. uh, We didn't have Google. The whole thing is like he, he, now he wants to, 
he's going to take Eve up there and throw her off the plane, essentially. He's like, she would, you know, from great height or something like that. He's just something evil. I don't yeah, it does this camera that. move where it goes above them, and I thought that was a nice little touch. Yes. So meanwhile, Roger climbs in the house, and he finds in his pocket, because he cut his hand while he was climbing up, and he so he takes out his, his uh, handkerchief. It's got his initials on it. He remembers he has a matchbook with his initials on it. And he writes a little note in there. To say, nice handwriting. Beautiful. Yes, it is. The kids probably don't even can't even read that. Yeah. And he tries to throw it to her, but she's sitting with them. And, and Leonard comes over and finds it. And he just drops it in the ashtray. He doesn't care. But yeah, he's like, oh, he, he like, but there's a little bit of tension. It's like, wait, what is this? But Matt yeah. is probably all over the floor. Everybody's smoking. There, there's all these right. cigarettes in an. It's like in a tray, I know. but I there's know. like twenty cigarettes like laid out just for anyone to have one. And he's like, "Oh, someone must have dropped yeah. these matches." It throws them in the thing. So then she sees that it has his initials on it, and she's like, "Oh, I gotta go back to my room and get my earrings." And then uh, Roger's in there because he, he wrote on it, "I'm in your room." Just like the you Baroness, know. typical Baroness to. type maneuver. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh my earrings yeah but she still she's like uh she still goes with them because i guess it's like you know not to arouse suspicion so then roger is kind of trying to navigate around on like the the balcony kind of thing and mrs townsend again or the white well, it's the um it's the housekeeper or something yeah i guess it is yeah i i it wasn't clear to me, but I guess you're right. But she sees his reflection in the in the TV. In the TV. So that was kind of cool. Mm. And then uh, she holds him at gunpoint. I noticed that that TV in the scene before. I was like going like, oh, that's like kind of a big TV for back then. And I was like thinking, I thought all this stuff about the TV before that reveal of the him being in the reflection of it. I was like really focused on it. Like it, whatever it was, I was like started thinking about the TV and I was like, how come the TV isn't on? But like people <laughs> didn't just have the TV on all the time. You know what I mean? It was like a special well, yeah, thing. Cause it wasn't stuff, wasn't stuff on all the time. Yeah. It wasn't it. Yeah. But I, but that was like something about that shot made me start thinking about the TV. And then like later I was like, Oh, they are doing that reflection thing. Yeah. Yeah, Chekhov's so TV. Exactly. <laughs> so she's got the gun on him. They're out. Get. They're about to get on the plane, and they hear shots. And it was the same blank gun. Like Roger comes running out, and meanwhile Eve grabs the statue and starts running. And then, like they both, they get in the car. Do they even get in the car? Or do they just run? I don't guess they I don't can't remember. remember. Yeah. But they're literally they right on top of Mount Rushmore, like a second later. They are on the top of the mountain. I've never been to Mount Rushmore. Can you even go on top of it? Um, no, I don't think so. Well, they wouldn't <laughs> let them. The Department of the Interior would not let them film this. So there is a gigantic matte painting that they used. <laughs> you know, when he was looking through the through the binoculars that's actually like a that's a a matte painting that's like 50 feet high wow it's really detailed yeah it's 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 pretty impressive to see the behind the scenes stuff because some of it is you know giant like here's part of abraham lincoln abraham lincoln's face and here's Mm. here's the here's the background of george washington and here's william shatner's face on the (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
the the set <laughs> like they had to build that like that stuff as a set and that but the one that the one that I was talking about like when the, the anything that was in the background like went in the yeah. cafeteria well, it's, when it's, it's really like a, but, a scenic painting right rather yeah than it's like painting. a really detailed yeah. scenic painting that had to look real I mean. Yeah, I was wondering before I saw the behind the scenes stuff, I was wondering how they had done it because it looked really good. Mm. It is interesting. Yeah, like back then, they they didn't just have CGI, but they they put a lot of time. Yeah, and Hitchcock is the master and and his team. You know what I mean? He had the best of the best. Yeah, he did. So they decide anyway to climb down the face of, of Mount Rushmore. Like it's got to be a better way. Can't you just go somewhere? Whatever. But they they're, they're run being to the left instead. Yeah. <laughs> Circle being, back around. Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be a better way. But anyway, they're being chased by Leonard and 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 Van Dam and and Van Dam catches him. Him and Roger start kind of rolling and rolling around, and and he's about to stab Roger, and. He, yeah, Roger kind of easily just throws him off the cliff, like just kind of chucks him off without a lot of effort. So I don't know. I feel like James Mason didn't put up a huge fight there. Yeah, but well, James Mason lives though. Well, still, but I mean, he's he's no longer a threat. Like he falls off the mountain. James Mason lives, but did the other guy live? I mean, did well. James Mason isn't even there. He gets arrested by the police, right? Because right. he's like, that's not nice using real bullets or whatever. Mm. So anyway, meanwhile, Leonard has Eve and like he pushes her off and Roger is trying to save her and Leonard steps on his hand and it's uh, and then he is shot by the professor and his men. And like it's kind of a nice sort of thing, like as he's he's like, come on, you can do it. And he says, you can do it, Mrs. Thornwall. Thornhill. Thornhill. Sorry, why did I keep saying Thornwall? And, and actually, because that's the guy from Rear Window. <laughs> <laughs> Eva, she actually like kind of scraped herself and like really hurt herself on set, wow. and like they just they just moved they put it as like part of the they were just like oh you're bleeding from your elbow or whatever like let's keep it in that looks real yeah it uh, it's great because it is right. And but they are now a married couple, and they go. Yeah, it's like a train. He, he pulls train her thing. like yeah. yeah it's, it cuts from him pulling her up off of the the falling from the statue to pulling her up into the bunk bed on a train. Yep, it's an interesting transition. I'm not sure if it's 100 percent successful, but <laughs> yeah. it's a good idea. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. you got to figure he that was basically he proposed to her, and they're gonna yeah head while back they to were New York and, while they were hanging yeah and he's, yeah. he says. And, but I like she asks like what happened to the other two marriages, and he says that they were his life wasn't exciting enough for them. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean I guess you kind of forget or at least you know you have to you should try to keep it in your mind like this is not he's not this secret agent he's a regular guy and that was the whole point he's of the regular guy. Yeah, and uh, that's the end. They literally just say the end as yeah, and the, as the train goes into the tunnel. Oh, a little more sexual innuendo there. Yeah, and that is North by Northwest. There we go. There you have it. There you have it. I I will do a quick knowledge drop, uh, just reverting back to the uh, when they're on the we're on the Mount Rushmore heads, and uh, Hitchcock really wanted to have Cary Grant 
have be in Lincoln's nose and have a sneezing fit. Wait, did we talk about this before the show or during it? It was during. Oh, okay. You know, we didn't. We glossed. I mean, you know, we we touched. We glossed. Yeah, we glossed very well. I mean, it was something he had an idea when they were in the screenwriting phase, but did he actually really want Cary Grant to do it? I didn't. I didn't hear that. Well, like that was something that the park officials wouldn't let him do. But so they said that the uh, the the man in Lincoln's nose was a working title, (laughs) a gag. I so mean, you, you know. can at least add that little snippet to something that revisited. Yeah. P.S. Postscript. I did kind of just speed over that. I mean, like the, the scene on the faces, you know, the, like at Mount Rushmore, it's pretty it's pretty fun. You know, like they're kind of falling a little bit and a lot of like think of how thrilling dangling. that was to see. And right. Know. If you were in 1959, you had never seen a movie with that much scope. Probably, mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool. I, 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 you know, I can't. Or a tiny it's, razor. That's right. You've never <laughs> seen a tiny razor or a giant mountain. I was thinking of scope mouthwash. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, what do we think of North by Northwest? I never go first, so I'll go first. I love All it. Right. I'm gonna give it an <laughs> A, or maybe even an A plus. I've watched this movie. I've watched this movie like four times in the last month. I've enjoyed it so much. Nice. I I like the intrigue. I like the humor. I like the main characters. I just like everything about it. Pop marks in my book. That's all I got to say. Oh, wow. All right. Very well. Very Who well. wants to go last? Clay, do you, would you like, you never go last. Do you want, do you want me to get, you want to go last? Yeah. Whatever, man. You just right. kind of, you said that I could go last and then took it away. Right? No, I wasn't. I was asking you, <laughs> you want to go last. I'll go last then right. if so you're offering I, it. I but if you're not offering it, then fucking I'll go next. I'll just go. The uh, the la- I agree. The humor was what really uh, surprised me in this one, actually. I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know why, but I mean, Hitchcock was a funny guy and, and a lot of his – there was some play. He originally wanted to do screwball, a screwball comedy with Cary Grant at one point, and Cary Grant was like, I'm tired of doing those. I want to do something different. You know? so, <laughs> I mean, it's got everything that you – that a James Bond movie would have, except this guy's not James Bond. He's just a dude, but he does it very believably. You know, yeah, it was a good thing they didn't, uh, they didn't cast James Bond to play Roger Thornhill. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't have, right. yeah, it would have been too obvious. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like, you know, the first James Bond movie people think. Well, from Russia with Love basically lifted the uh, the crop dusting scene, but they just substituted a helicopter. A, a helicopter, instead. right. I feel like probably a lot of people uh, lifted the crop dusting scene. And uh, probably a lot of the other things. That's the movie. one scene we didn't lift in Durst and the Firestarter. <laughs> we didn't do a lot of the, <laughs> the classics. Uh, what, you know, it's funny to me, I guess, this is a quick side note, but like when, like when we worked in the video store, we had a classics section, right? Which was basically old movies or what I would have determined as old movies back in the 90s. You know, like movies like this. This is 1959. But like now, I mean, like, what would you consider a classic? Like something from the 80s or something, you know what I mean? Or something from the 90s? I don't know. But the word gets tossed around a lot as far as classics. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but like in reality, like when I think of classics, I think of movies from this era. Yeah, me too. This is a, this is one of them. It's, this is why you steal from the best. 
people lift stuff from this movie because it's good. I would have to say I would give it an A as well. Uh, All right. It's there's not. I mean, like we point out funny little things, but for the most part, it's it's great and it's yeah. I would watch this again and again and again and again and again. Watch it again and again and again. <laughs> Anyways, what do you say, Clay? Okay, so here we oh, wait, are. Do you our... want to go next, or do you want to start? <laughs> or do you want to go last? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just keep mine short then. Eh? Bye. That's it. Oh, I didn't even hear what you huh. said. It was I so said, short. I'll just it keep was mine short. Than, a, um, bye. Oh, shorter okay. than Western. That was, I was going to say it was shorter than uh, Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it had the, more uh, dangerous. <laughs> or, or the porter that was like two feet shorter than Cary Grant that got his clothes stealing, stolen from him. He's out there in his civvies or skivvies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're here at the director's series, the first of its kind on the League podcast feed, which is nice. John has another great idea that I I'm just trying to uh, I'm just trying to add a little, you know, a, a, a touch of class and a, a little the. A little culture into your used guys' lives. Yeah, because we mostly do podcasts about like, ball bag jokes. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah, so, anyways, one thing that I was trying to smatter in about the, about anything I was bringing to the table in this edition of the podcast was like production, but mostly, just because I love when a movie really looks perfect. Like every frame of, of this movie is a painting like that. You know, there's like a YouTube channel named that or something like everything is so beautiful in this, whether it's a matte painting. But if oh, you have a matte it's painting, a painting by Matt. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> a, pa- a matte painting that's highly skilled matched with like the level of the level that they're operating here is, I mean, it's Hitchcock and, and Kubrick, like, make, think of, like, literally everything. And, yeah, like, there's this kind of thing we touched on about letting some imperfection show through, but, uh, you know, perhaps intentional. But I just love the way this thing was shot, like, the cameras they used and everything. I'm not even, like, really a, that versed and can't explain why I love it, but it just like when I watch like a Wes Anderson movie, I'm like, I just love the way this thing looks. Like this is like just so beautiful in the in the time that it's set in and the old cars and everything like that. Like I I mostly am giving it an A. And so I'm I'm with the league on this. So it's getting an A across the board. But I'm mostly giving it an A. Yeah, the the story is great and and it's like proto James Bond or however you want to call it with that. But I love the way this movie looks. And that that goes a lot toward weighting my grade. I just love everything about how the like the, the fashion, everything about it. So good. Beautiful film. It definitely is. And I, I actually feel kind of bad. I didn't do a lot of research. You guys got me on that one. So. I'll have to step it up next time because I was the guy who went to film school for Christ's sakes. I should probably know some of this stuff, but yeah. Well, next you time. walked us through the scene by scene, which is 
that's not really something I want to do. So, oh, <laughs> so yeah, okay. color commentary. So you do your yeah. you do your part. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, but I, I like just kind of wanted to go deep into like how is this movie made? Like how did they even film Mount Rushmore? Like what? And there, I I'm kind of having what is it like the Mandela effect when you remember something that is true or not? Like not, that's not true. Not true. Yeah. That's that's not true. There, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like this is an obvious thing that you guys are going to be like, oh, Clay or <laughs> oh, Clay. But something about Cary Grant's like suit changed color. But then I was looking that up and it didn't. Do you guys know what yeah, I'm talking well, about? Yeah, I do, because sometimes it looks a little more blue. Sometimes it looks a little more gray um, or green. I have or something. I have I have a suit that does that. Depending on the lighting, it looks more blue or more gray but yeah this this is like the most famous suit in film history apparently so well after it sponged well yeah, I mean, yeah <laughs> so. maybe that was the problem they did a little too too good of a job on the sponging it changed the color right right they that's needed, true yeah. yeah they sponged the the blue right off <laughs> <laughs> oh what one of those nerdy like things about like uh, the the one the the thing i mentioned with the pencil was like after the the plane is exploded, somebody like drew a big arrow. It was like, why would there be a big shadow when this plane just exploded next to the car? It's like, get a life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But just know. go and fix those stuff in the computer back then. So just right. relax, you know. And you know what? I, I, I you hate had when to, you had film too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like. I, I hate yeah, I didn't people know just miniature. pick apart okay. stuff. Why don't you just enjoy it? You know, enjoy what what's that? I mean, I'll goof on stuff too, but it's not ruining it for me. You know, right? We we most laugh. of the time I see st- that stuff and I'm like, how did you even notice that? You know what I mean? Like, aren't you <laughs> yeah. watching the movie? Like, why well, are you looking at that particular thing? A lot of these movies get you know people analyze Hitchcock to death, and well, not literally. I mean, I know he died, but. That wasn't what killed him. Yeah, he wasn't but, uh, killed by overanalyzing. But, like, I mean, I knew a professor when I worked at my last job who was a Hitchcock's aficionado, and he actually did a director's commentary. Well, not a director's commentary. He did a commentary on a, a rear window, like a, a release of rear window, like a DVD. <laughs> so, Oh, nice. It was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, these, are, these things get analyzed a lot. And so, yeah, people watch them and watch them and watch them and they, they see these things. But, yeah, I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, we point out like, boy, they got to Mount Rushmore really quick or like. Yeah, well, I was I was we're not like making with fun it of because, it. Just like, yeah, right. I, was, I was I was caught up in the in the story and in the film. And that was, you know, and it didn't bother me that Mount Rushmore was 50 feet from his house and that they had a landing strip right there, too. You know, none of that bothers yeah. me. I was just like, I'm oh, going with it. I'm yeah. in. I'm in here. I, I'm, I'm, on, I, I'm on board. Sort of in my head, I didn't even think of that at all. Like, I think of it as, like, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, like, that's where Blofeld is. He's in that ski chalet up on the top, top of the mountain. It's like, it has to be in a dramatic place like that. It just yeah. has to be there. Yeah. That's where it is. Yeah. It's just there. It's just that's there. where the, all the big action is going to be, is going to be right there and close by. So that's the way I like yeah. it. And, you know, like we said, you have to sort of 
put yourself back in in that era. You know, we've seen a lot of shit since 1959, but back then you were probably like, wow, this movie is so intriguing. This is a regular guy horny. going around doing well. Yeah, yeah they pushed the too. horniness pretty they bad. They do pretty push the horniness. You're right. We for should, late 50s. You know yeah, what I mean? They definitely did. We should. <laughs> like I said, I think it's more fun that way. Like back, a lot of things they did back then too. Like food was substituted for sex in movies a lot, and mm-hmm. like, any time they could get around it, but would still kind of tell you like, "Oh, these people are gonna have sex." Like they they did it, and it was it was fun. So yeah, yeah, playful banter, playful banter, playful horny banter. <laughs> oh yeah, people did sex back then too. They had to have because here we are. Right, here thanks we are. to thanks to all those people having <laughs> sex back then that led to right. us. Thanks, thanks to you people. Uh, and we all right. a fl- an A across the board. You know. I know. Look at us. This is uh, doesn't happen it's... often. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It happened uh, recently. Did it? Yeah, we get the mass device. Oh, oh well, look at right. us. that's like two in a row. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the mass device. Is, I mean, that's a, it's kind of on a different level than. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, but this is like it's still it's still our grade, you know. Right. What I mean? Just because yeah. it's like science class, history class, English class, you know. Sci- mass device is mass device is an elective. This is history. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's our enjoyment. That's all that matters. Right. So. Yeah, I was thinking about if that was going to factor into the grading at all, but you know, it's basically like. You could you see a James Bond movie or you see a Hitchcock movie, you see a Kubrick movie, or you see a Star Trek movie. It's gonna get a letter grade, no matter you know how you feel about it. Sure, sometimes we'll give something an ironic A or whatever, but this you know sometimes it's just a good movie. How do you enjoyed it? So there we go, and then we all enjoyed it. So yes, I think did. that's about all we got. Thanks yeah. for listening. Check us out YouTube and LeaguePodcast.com and Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review and, and a like and a subscribe and all that stuff that people do to these things. So check us out. Thanks yeah, for listening. Join our Patreon page. Yeah. yeah. If Use sure. somebody else's podcast code. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Blue Chew slash Conan or whatever. Uh, just you get your discount. Tony Wony. Conzy Wony. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Adios. Later. I mean is the moment I meet an attractive woman I have to start pretending I've no desire to make love to her what makes you think you have to conceal it she might find the idea objectionable then again she might not <laughs>